to you? Or shall I say good afternoon? Hallelujah. Amen. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the house on this morning. Amen. If you're a father in the house, just wave your hand at me. All dads waving, all dads waving. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. For all of our first time, second time, and reoccurring guests that you have been with us for a time now, we welcome you to Elevate Church. If that's you, if you're here for the first, second, or multiple times, but you have yet to become a member, would you lift your hand in there and wave it at me as well? Amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise for those. If you did not receive a blue connect card uh, upon your entry, keep your hand lifted. We want to make sure we get a records of your attendance. If you have received one and filled it out, give it to our greeters uh, before you leave or even at this moment. Just lift it in the air. Someone will come and relieve you of that as soon as possible. Amen. As you can see, I'm adorning our new T-shirt for our sermon series entitled Messy. Turn to your neighbor and say, you so messy. Amen. Amen. Tell your other neighbor, you're so messy. And before you judge them, go ahead, tell them, me too, me too, me too. Yeah, me too, me too. Bunch of messy folk, just messy folk. Amen. Some of y'all came to mind. Several people who are messy when I said that. You, You know some messy folk, right? Some messy folk just always causing mess. Mess, mess. So in in this new series entitled Messy, we're going to talk about it. Amen. We do have messy T-shirts. Amen. For sale in the foyer after service, all sizes. Amen. You can pick up one if you would. We would appreciate it. Amen. As you support the ministry through your purchase as well. Uh, Let's jump into this thing on this morning for all of our online guests. Thank you for tuning in this morning for the online guests. Happy Father's Day to you guys as well. Amen. If you would take out your phones as they asked you to do earlier and make sure you check in, like and follow on Facebook. And then also I would need you as well is to share the live stream. For those of you who are live physically with us here in the sanctuary, we would ask that you would not stream from your phones during this time. If you're logged in to our uh, network, it's been bogging down the network, causing a little disruption in our live feed. So uh, if you're here live, amen, unless you're on your cellular plan, stream all you like, amen. And I hope it's an unlimited plan, praise God. Hallelujah. I want you taxing the church, time I was streaming y'all service, you owe me $20 on my bill. The devil is a lie, and the truth is not in him. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Let's jump to it, let's get to it, amen. As we go to the word of the Lord on this morning, If you would, grab your Bibles all over the place. If you don't have your Bible, grab your smart device, your electronic device on this morning. If you happen to hear something that stirs in your spirit, that blesses your soul, feel free to tweet or retweet it or post it on Facebook. If you would, hear this. If you carry old bricks from your past relationships into your new ones, you will end up building the same house that fell apart before. If you bring old bricks into new relationships, you build a new house with old bricks that will just fall apart, just like the old relationship. So you got to be careful to leave the old in the old and walk into the new. Now, if you're going to bring bricks into the new relationship, use those bricks to build an altar. 
of which you can now offer up your life, your heart, your sac- as a sacrifice unto God. If you're going to bring bricks, then build altars. Because your new relationship will become messy. Why? Because you're bringing old stuff into something new. Tell your neighbor you're so messy. So, so we got to clean some things up. And through this sermon series, we're going to talk about several individuals who throughout their lives, they caused a great mess. We're going to talk about people like David. You know David. David caused the mess of his life. Yeah. We got some Davids in here. You, you know, some people like Cain who murdered his brother, you know, who created a great mess. We, people like Adam who, who uh, allowed Satan to infiltrate, to get close enough to seep words into his wife's ear. And now because of that messy situation, we all a mess. Hallelujah. Because of one man's sin, sin has entered into the world. Somebody shout, that's a mess. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. So in this sermon series, we're going to try to alleviate some of the bricks that you have placed in your life. Messy. Messy. Yeah, I wonder why the other S is blotted out. M-I-S-S-Y. But the Lord told me, he said, my eternal savior, Yahweh. Yeah, I'll catch you on the way home, huh? My eternal savior, Yahweh. He loves mess. And I'm so glad he does. Hallelujah. Let's jump into it. Let's let's get to it. The word messy, uh, lacking neatness or even precision is as it is defined. Lacking neatness or even precision. You know, people who are unclean, who can't seem to get it together. House and it's just the mess. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at this sermon series from a couple of different approaches. One, the cleanliness. Two, the messiness of messy folk. Hallelujah. Folk who are always just causing disruption and chaos. If you're sitting next to a messy person, just look straight ahead. Don't look left or right. Don't tell on them. But we all know some messy folk. You know, the one I always call you right about six o'clock after the news, right before the news, six o'clock news. Amen. They're like the news of the street. Girl, did you hear about such and such? Just messy. You, you know, the church folk that meet you in the parking lot and want to talk about sister, you know, Shanquita's hat, you know, just messy. If your name is Shanquita, amen. Don't take it personal. Extremely unpleasant or uh, or trying. We know people who are messy like that. They're extremely unpleasant and very trying. Uh, But then also messy being marked by confusion or disorder or dirt. You know, messy folk are some of the most dysfunctional folk. I'll say that again. Messy folk are some of the most dysfunctional folk because they like disorder. Can I say this to you? Don't allow your dysfunction to become the way you function. So if you're naturally un, uh, unclean or uh, no order in your life, don't let that become the natural way of which you function. Because if you're a messy person, then you will function always continually in mess. Hallelujah. Don't let that become your way of life. 
So if you're messy, clean it up. Amen. Well, we're going to deal with it. All right. So grab your Bibles. Romans chapter number seven, verse number 18. Stand to your feet if you would. In the honor of the reading of God's word. Romans chapter number seven, verse number 18. Then also hold your finger there. We're going over to the book of Exodus. Chapter number 23, verse number one. Always we make our faith declaration over the word of God. I have no connection in the back, Nick, if you would. It says off air. Praise God. So make our faith declaration. Today I'll be taught the word of God. Say it again. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. My mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Prophesy that over your neighbor. Say wealth and riches shall be in your house. Prophesy over your other neighbor. Say wealth and riches shall be in your house. Oh, God, that sounds good. Y'all received that this morning. Wealth and riches shall be in your house. Life. Wealth and riches to be in your house. Because this world won't change unless we have some change. <laughs> Y'all kiss that, huh? Amen. This world will change when we have change. Because we're in this fallen system, this Babylonian system that operates off of mammon. That's the only thing this world understands is money. Y'all. People rise and fall because of money. People give their lives up because of money. They live their whole life chasing and pursuing after money. And the only way we're going to see this world we know by Jesus. Don't get it twisted. But God wants to bring wealth and riches. Why? Because your money can have influence on the fallen world. Jesus said this after he fed the multitude. They came running after Jesus. And Jesus said, and just a couple of pastors later, he said, you didn't come because of the word I gave you. But you came for the bread. You know, in the hood, we call bread. Any other hood people in here? Give me some bread. No, I don't want no bunny bread, no wholesome bread. Give me some bread, some money. Jesus said you did not come for the word, but for the bread I gave you. Your money can have influence on the world. And Jesus said, watch, he wants us to have wealth and riches. Why? So we can influence the world. Not so you can just have a big house, drive a fancy car, but you can have influence. 
Somebody shout wealth and riches. Shall be in my house. Shout I'm blessed to be a blessing. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now say amen to that. Hallelujah. Let's go to the word of God on this morning. The book of Exodus chapter number 23 verse number one. Word of the Lord declares, do not spread false reports. <laughs> do not spread false reports. And do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness. In other words, don't gossip. Don't be messy. Don't go around spreading false things that you heard about somebody. You know you have an assignment to protect your witness. Hear this. You also have an assignment to protect your brother's witness. Somebody shout, I am my brother's keeper. Because you got to help them protect their testimony because their testimony is that which of the kingdom of God. So if you go around spreading false reports about your brothers and your sisters, you don't just taint their testimony, but you taint the testimony of God. Tell you, neighbor, stop being messy. Romans chapter number seven, verse 18. Uh, Verse number 18. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do good. But I cannot carry it out. I'm just messy. I want to do good, but I can't find myself doing good. I want to do right, but I just can't do right. I want to pray, but sometimes I don't feel like praying. Y'all quiet. Anybody ever been messy like that before? Just a mess. Want to treat people kind, but unkind words come out of your mouth. You want to talk right, but you just can't talk right. Can't get right. Hey, I heard you. Can't get right. I'm the baby pappy. You, you, you know, you try to do right, but in your flesh, there's no good thing. You just a mess. Let us pray. Father, now we thank you, O oh God, for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, O oh God, that you love us beyond the mess that we are. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. amen. And amen. Before you take your seat, look at your neighbor and say, you're so messy. You may be seated. Some of y'all enjoying that. Y'all may be seated. <laughs> Some of y'all been waiting to tell your neighbor that for a long time. Girl, you're so messy. <laughs> Man, you messy. <laughs> Been waiting to say it. It's your messy self. Amen. Now, look, when y'all get in the parking lot, don't do it in the parking lot. because Those are fighting words. You safe up in here. Just a disclaimer. Don't call your neighbor talking about, girl, you messy. Where you at? I'll meet you. In the- Hold up a second. One doggone minute. Vaseline. Just messy. So, so here it is. Here it is. A new sermon series entitled Messy. Uh, I want all of you to really, I know we're joking and taking light of this, but I do believe that there is something in this message that's going to bring about a transformation in your life. Uh, it's going to bring about an awareness of the love of God and how much God loves you. 
but also it's going to bring you some self-awareness of your own depravity. How, how, how wretched we truly are, but yet God still loves us. So, just for a little bit, I want to talk from the thought, he loves the mess out of me. Tell your neighbor, he loves the mess out of me. Yeah, that's the God we serve. He loves the mess. Here's the thing is, is that when we find ourselves in messy situations, what we normally do with mess is the first thing we try to do is we try to hide it. When, when, when you get yourself caught up in entanglements and mess, the first thing you want to do is hide it. You know, if someone's coming to your house and you hadn't cleaned up in weeks and, and everything is in disarray and messed up, the first thing you do is you shove it up under the bed, you throw it in the closet. Y'all, I've been to your house before. <laughs> it, it, you know, everything is shoved and one Why? Because it's a mess. So you try to hide the mess. That's what we do. We want to hide messy situations, cover them up and put them away. Take the dirty dishes out the sink and put them in the dishwasher. Amen. God forbid you take those dirty ones and put it in the cabinet, you know, just trying to put stuff away. But we hide messes. And while we're trying to hide the mess, watch this. God is trying to uncover the mess. Because it's in the uncovering of the mess is that God can now deal with the mess and make it according to that which he hoped it to be. But we got to first uncover the mess so he can deal with the mess. Oh, but us churchy folk, we're so messy, but yet we wear masks to hide the mess that we are. And if we'll just be true about who we are, then it will really glorify the God that we serve. Amen. Amen. If you just be honest, say I'm a mess, but I have a God that loves me through my mess. The world can accept that. But we walk around real pious like and uppity like because we think we got it all together. But we really just a mess. Hallelujah. Say we all messy. Say it with some confidence. We all messy. Uh, You know, another thing we try to do when we create a mess is we blame other people. Blame others for the mess that we created. You know, little kids, they make a mess. They say, it wasn't me. It was me did it. I'm the way I am because of my family, because of the family I was born in. I wasn't raised on the right side of the track. We, we are what we are because of somebody else. We try to blame who we are on somebody else. And watch this. Sometimes we can get to the point where we blame God. Well, this is the way God made me. You remember Adam in the garden, he blamed Eve and Eve couldn't take it, so she blamed Satan. We just blame everybody else for the mess we created instead of taking responsibility for the mess. Hear this. The spirit gave it to me earlier. I want to give it to you. It's easier to deal with the comfort of the, uh, I want to say it, how I say it, it's easier to deal with the consequences of the truth than it is to deal with the torment of living in the reality of a lie. There it is. I'm going to say it again. It's easier to deal with the consequences of the truth 
than it is to deal with the torment of the reality of a lie. Because when you try to hide your mess, you're hiding a lie. And you're tormented by it. Just own up to the consequences of your mess. I used to just take your lick. Take your lick. I used to get in trouble when I was small and, you know, didn't want the toys taken away. So the quickest way is just go ahead and whip me. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, don't punish me. Whoop me. Take my lick right now. <laughs> okay, we done? Okay. Back at it. Huh? Take, tell your neighbor, take your lick. Yeah, so when you create a mess for yourself, just own up to it. Don't try to hide it. Cover it up. Because the more you cover, the more you're going to have to do to maintain the covering. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first deceive. So why hide a mess? Uncover the mess so it can be dealt with. And we love a God that loves us enough to deal with every mess that we make. Huh. We blame others. Lastly, we make excuses. Make an excuse for the mess we've created. Instead of just owning up to it. Excuses. Let's, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Tell you, it's time to go deeper. In the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 15, verse number 11, of course, is an account that we have taught on, preached on, prophesied on, flipped over, tipped over, backwards and forth about the prodigal son. We know it so well, and it's a timely Father's Day message that's probably being preached and taught on around the world at this time, talking about the father and the son, the reuniting of a relationship. Because relationships can be messy. Anybody has ever experienced a messy relationship with a loved one, a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, a friend, a co-worker? And, and, and this account gives a, a clear account of how restoration can take place. So we have taught on it time and time again, but I want to extrapolate some nuggets from it that I know will be a blessing to you. Luke chapter number 15, it says, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. Somebody shout two sons. The younger one said to his father. Who said to his father? The younger one is talking to his father. And the younger one has a request of his father. He says, Father, give me my share of the estate. This is his statement to his father. Father, give me what's mine. Hear this. The son is talking to the father, the younger son. Now, in their culture, the younger have no right to the greater portion of the blessing. It's the older son that gets a double portion of the blessing. The, the younger son just gets what's left over. So he says, Father, give me what's mine. I don't care how much it is, just give me my portion. And, and, and he says, give me my share of the estate. So watch. So he, he being the father, divided his property, or shall I take you into the text for just a sidebar? He says the father gives his property between 
them and not him. He divided his property between them, not him. The younger son asked for his share, but the father has how many sons? How many sons? Who asked for it? Who got it? Y'all read your Bible. So they both got. Only one asked, but they both got. Somebody shout, that's a good father. Okay, okay, I just want to get that to you. Let's keep going. Not only after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off to a distant country. He gathered all his stuff after he got what the father had given him, and he heads out for a distant company. There he squandered his wealth, and while living, he became very messy with his life. Above his father's house, there was structure and rules and order and all of that thing. But the moment he got a little freedom, he got messy. Oh, God, let me help somebody today. Uh, you think that boundaries and rules and regulations are restriction, but it helps you from keeping from getting messy. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, let me help the parents out right now. If you don't put restrictions on your kids and rules and regulations and set a standard, your kids will live a life of mess. Hallelujah. It's the boundaries of God that keeps us from. (laughs) Oh, goodness. If, If it wasn't for the Holy Ghost. That restrains and contains your life will be far more messy than it is right now. So he got from up under the father's covering. He's now in the world. And his life becomes chaotic and messy. Wildlife, he's living. Wildlife, he's living. Why? Because the father gave him what he had. Asked for And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs, to roll around in his mess even greater. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he had came to himself or to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out to go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called. Your son, you know, when you find yourself in the midst of a mess, you lose your value. When, when you find yourself caught up in a messy situation, the, the enemy comes in and put thoughts in your head. You know, you God don't love you. You ain't worthy to receive this type of grace and this type of love. Look how messy you are. You know the thoughts you had last night. You know who you slept with. Y'all quiet up in here. You, you, you know you stole some things and talked about some folks. You, you don't even deserve God's love. 
Messy situations has the tendency of pulling you into a dark place of which you try to hide. And you You lose your value in mess. Nobody ever except me. I've been married five times. I got 12 kids. Made a mess. Y'all. Huh? I dropped out of high school and barely made it. Through high school, who going to hire me? Just my life's a mess. Been caught up in drugs and prostitution and all of this stuff. Nobody going to love me. My life is a mess. Oh, but I want to encourage somebody today. I don't care how messy your life has been. No matter how much mess you have created of your own life, you have a God that loves you beyond your mess. Matter of fact, he loves you with your messy self. He's looking for you. He's running after you. He's calling out to you. God loves dealing with mess. God's a recycler. He takes messy situations to build something beautiful. He takes your mess to make a message so that you can have a testimony that will testify of his goodness and of his grace. He says, I'm no longer worthy to even be called the son. Make me like one of your higher servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. Oh, God. His father sitting there. Watch. Watching. The father is always looking for mess to show up on the horizon. The father is always looking for a messy situation of which he can step in and make a masterpiece. He's always watching, uh, looking at for some some trash that he can recycle and create something beautiful that he can put on display that the world can see. Look at that's mine right there. I know what you used to call him, but I call him son. I know what you used to call him, but I call her daughter. I know you used to call her crackhead, whoremonger. I know you used to call her adulterer. I know you used to call him that, but that's my. Always looking for some mess. Of which he can call his own a masterpiece. And while he was far off, the father saw him filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. This man has been in the pig pen. This man has been eating from the same trough that pigs eat from. This man probably hadn't had a bath in days sleeping in the pig stall. But the father loved him enough to embrace his mess, endearing affection enough to kiss his mess. That's the father's love. He loves the mess out of us. That even in our mess, he hugs us and embraces us. And while we stanky and wretched, he smells nothing but a sweet aroma of his love towards you. He loves you enough that he'll kiss you in the midst of your mess while the world will reject you and turn away from you. He's hugging you. You you know, you ever been around somebody who was messy and he just had that. You know. Have that aroma because they're messy. 
Hadn't showered in days. Just messy. Make you want to just... You know, that odor, you like, really, you don't smell yourself? Because I smell you. It's... You know, but while you're scooting away, the Father's scooting towards. While you're pushing away, the Father's pressing too. And, and the space that you have created just made space for God to fit in. So as you're scooting away from them, God is filling the gap and he's getting closer and closer. Why? Because the blood of Jesus washes and cleanses. So he kisses him. The son t- said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe. The best robe. The best, the best robe, the brand new robe. And, and put the new robe on a dirty. T- take the best robe and cover up. Take Take the new rope and cover up the old stuff. Y'all not catching it yet. God will cover your mess with the best. Uh, See, some of y'all look at church folk and they look like they got it all together. That's just a covering. Uh, Y'all looking at these church folk and say, oh, yeah, got it together. No, that's just covered up mess. You're looking at somebody who's just a messy person that God covered up. Because if the cover ever comes off, <laughs> oh, God, the thoughts, the actions, the words, the deeds, the dreams you have, the way you treat people, watch, not in the outer, but the inner, because you're going to cut some folk out on the inside. Boy, yes, sir. Yes, sir. you're just a covered up mess. Covered up mess. You know, you still have those desires to go and do what your flesh really wants to do. You know, you really want to. Really, really, really want to just a covered up mess. We read it earlier. Paul said in my flesh dwells no good thing. Nothing good of this flesh. He covered him up with a new robe. But then he goes on to say he puts a ring on his finger. He now gains his regains his identity and value in the father. His mess devalued him. To the point where he said, I'm going to go and be a servant in somebody else's house. Now watch, he goes from being a prince in a palace in his father's house to now being a slave and a servant in another man's house. He devalues himself. He lost his value. And watch his identity. He makes this statement that I'm not even worthy to be even called my father's son. Lost his identity. Mess, I have you. Forgetting who you are. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You forget that you're a child of the most high God. Yes, and because of that mess, you'll start living your life like a mess. It'll have you devalue yourself. He says, put a ring on his finger. Give him his value back because the ring signifies identity and access and authority. So now he's got his authority back. He, now he got his name back. He know who he is. He got his position back in the house 
of the father. Then he says, put sandals on his feet. Sandals meant that you were not a slave. Slaves walked around barefooted, but people in the house who had uh, authority or position in the house had sandals. Gave him his position back. Then he says, bring the fattened calf, the one we have been prepping and preparing for this moment. We have been getting this calf ready for the return. We've been gearing up for this celebration. Can I say that to somebody today? God has been waiting for you to return with your mess so he can celebrate you in your mess so he can give you his best. Y'all cry. He's waiting for you to take your mess and say, God, here it is. I know I'm messed up. I know I made some mistakes, but here it is. God, take my mess. And it's at that moment God will celebrate Not the fact that you created a mess, but the fact that you brought the mess to him to clean up. Oh, we want the fish to be clean when they jump in the boat. Fried up and seasoned. But you got to be caught first before you're clean. And then he celebrated, killed the fat calf. Let us have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine. That was dead is now alive again. He was lost, but now he is found. So let's begin to celebrate. Let's celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field and he came near the house and heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and he asked him, what is going on? I didn't get the memo, the invitation for a party. Boy, we've been planning this thing for a long time. You should have known. Tell your neighbor, you should have known. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he was, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. And he answered his father, look, old man. All these years I have been slaving for you. I never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I can celebrate with my friends. I've been in the house doing everything you asked me to do, and you never gave me a party. I never created no messes, but yet you're going to celebrate somebody who is messy? Oh, God. But when his son, this son of yours, not my brother, not the one we love, but your son. When this, your son comes back, watch, who has squandered your property with prostitutes. Skirt. How do you know he spent the money on prostitutes? Did you sneak out in the middle of the night to go hang out with your brother? To have known what he was doing? Or maybe you just messy. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, you so messy. He's trying to start some mess. He's putting some things in his father's ear that not even so. How how, how do you know he spent his money on prostitutes? Maybe you're projecting your own thoughts and your own behaviors on your brother because you know what you would have done if you would have left the father's house, how you would have spent your money, how you would have lived your life. You would have just been a mess just like him. Because if it was me, I that's, that's what the brother said. Not me. <laughs> Clean that up. 
Because if it was me, if I was out there, I'd probably make it rain too. Spend all his money on prostitutes. Really? Maybe you're just being messy. And even if he did, he's home now. Even if he did what you said he done, he's home now. Even if he committed the crime you say he committed, he's home now. Even if he did lie, he's home now. Even if he did steal, he's home now. Even if he was hooked on drugs, stole the VCR and the DVD player, he's home now. Even, even if he took the car and wrecked it in a drunk, drunken stoop, he's, he's home now. Even if he did go out and he molested a child, he's home now. He has given his life. He done raped somebody, but he's home now. He done killed somebody, but he's home now. That's the love of the Father. He loves mess. He loves mess. He spent all his money on prostitutes. But yet you killed this calf for him. How can you love him like that? How can you love him like that? Here's the greater part to that. In their culture, there's this thing called honor. He dishonored his father by asking for his inheritance before his father died. And for dishonor in their culture, it is required death by stoning. That's why the father said this son who was once dead is now alive because he had come to his senses in the error of his ways. He was dead unto me. But yet now he's alive. He's home, even with his messy self. And I still love him. And you killed this calf to celebrate him? My son, the father said, you're always with me. You're always in the church serving. You're always with me. You're always reading your Bible, praying. You're always with me. You always do right. Goody two shoes. You're always with me. And everything I have is yours. Now, greater part to this text I've seen as well is we always talk about the prodigal son, but what about the other son? I think the other son was far worse than the prodigal. What are you saying, apostle? You living in your father's house and you have your inheritance? You stand with your daddy and you took your daddy money? Still eating your daddy food, still drinking your daddy water, and you got your inheritance in your pocket. How selfish is that? You got your daddy money and you still living off your daddy. Oh, God. But watch the father. The father even loves him. Even in his selfishness and self-centeredness, the father still loves the brother as well. Because watch, when he divides his portion, because the older son gets a double portion, he gets a double portion of the inheritance. So dude is rich. 
He got money. Somebody shout money. money. But not just any kind of money. He got daddy money. Because <laughs> see, my son Mason, he has money, but he don't have daddy money. There's a difference between your money and daddy money. <laughs> Come on now. Mason got $15. But when he have daddy money, Somebody shall give me daddy money. Daddy money is far greater. So he has daddy's money, but yet he's still living off of daddy. And he says, everything I have is yours. You got it all. But we had to. Oh, I love it. I'm done, y'all. But we had to celebrate. And we got to be glad. We have to celebrate the fact that he has come home. It's mandatory we throw this party. It, it, it's got to happen. We've been planning and preparing this thing for a long time. Matter of fact, the scripture says long before the foundation of the earth was laid, the lamb was already slain. God had already prepared a party for you to come back home. He already prepared a celebration to celebrate you in all of your mess and all of your mess ups and all of your mistakes. God had already planned, prepared a party. To celebrate. He had already got the fattened calf already slain. The meat was already on the grill. It was already seasoned, marinating. He was waiting in all your mess. He looked down from heaven, looked upon the mess and said, I still love this. I, I still love you. I still wait. You did what again and again and again and again and again. I still love you with your messy self. I still love you with your messy self. Because this son who was once lost is now found. And I found him in the mess, but yet I still love him. Because Romans says that, but God demonstrates, he demonstrates this love. He demonstrates this love. How does he demonstrate this love? While we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. The lamb was already slain. The price was already paid. Because the love from God is in one moment is more than you'll ever experience from anyone in a lifetime. His love is so great. Is that that moment that you come to yourself and realize I'm a mess? That one moment that you receive God's love is greater than any love you'll ever experience from any person or any people in a lifetime. So what does Jesus do with messy situations? And I'm done. Number one, he covers it. The father comes and he covers his son's mess. For his love that covers a multitude of sin. First thing he does is covers him. He covers his mess. Second thing he does, he, he washes our mess. Bible says that is the blood of Jesus that covers. That while our sin is chrism, chrism, that the blood of Jesus washes it. That's scarlet, white as snow. He washes. And lastly... What does Jesus do with mess? He dies for it. 
He dies for it. He dies for it. He died for it. He died for your mess. He died for my mess. And as messy as we are, he still chose to die. Would you bow your heads with me? I believe there's some people in the house today. You've wrecked your life, made a mess of your life. And you're wondering, how can this great, loving, pure, just, kind God love somebody as wretched as I am? God specializes in mess. And as dirty, as filthy as we are, he still loves us. He still loves us. He still loves us. I think about my own son. A day of playing outside in the, in the grass and football. He comes in with his smelly self. All dirty, filled with grass, grass stains. Smelling like the outdoors. And I just look at him in all his mess. It's all I can think is, I still love him. I still love him. That's how the Father looks at us. As dirty, as filthy as we are, I still love him. He died for us. If you're here today and you would say, I've created a mess of my life. And I've been a little messy too. I've caused some disruption and chaos in other people's lives because of my messiness. You would say today, I want to make sure I get it right with the Father. So sin against heaven and I've sinned against my father so I'm going back to the father to get it right that's you on today backslidden hadn't accepted Christ in the pardon of your sins this moment is for you the father is sitting there waiting for your return so he can celebrate you even in your mess if that's you just lift your hand in the air right now backslidden hadn't accepted Jesus I see you sir hadn't accepted Jesus in the pardon of your sins but today you're making a confession if that's you lift your hand in the air any others any others I see you sir any others today is the day today is the day today is the day today is the day the father is waiting for your return today is the day if that's you just slip simply slip your hand in the air thank you father God we bless you God we thank you God we give you glory Saints, be praying for your neighbor. You called them messy earlier, but now they have a moment to be God's masterpiece. If that's you today, giving your life over to Jesus Christ, would you simply slip your hand in the air? Thank you, Father. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name. If you're here today, you have not yet made a decision to connect with Elevate Church. You don't have a church home. God is calling you today to connect. And if that's you today, and you felt the Spirit of God prompting you to be a part of what God is doing here today, would you lift your hand in the air if that's you today? Thank you, Father. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. We'll see you, ma'am. Any others today? If you would say, that's me today. I'm connecting. I don't have a church home, but I'm connecting today. If that's you, simply slip your hand in the air. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. God, we give you praise. All standing to your feet if you would. For those of you online this afternoon, if you're making a decision, simply put hashtag cleansed in the box below. 
those who are watching by way of Facebook, those who are watching by way of YouTube. There should be a comment box to the right side of the screen. Just hashtag cleanse. And if you would like, you can also send us a prayer request at prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. Or you can call if you're standing in need of prayer at 225-503-0706 is the number. And if you would like to join, even for those who are online today, and maybe some of you in the sanctuary, you can text the word JOIN to 225-361-2016 if you would like to make that connection on today. Father, now in the name of Jesus, for everyone who has made a decision, God, to take that journey down the dusty road back into the loving arms of the Father. Father, we celebrate them today and the decision that they have made. Father, we thank you, O God, that, Father, you're rejoicing in heaven in the presence of the angels as one son and daughter has returned. So, Father, today we rejoice with you in the presence of the angels. And, Father, we give you the glory for the work that is being done in their lives, the washing, the covering, and the cleansing, God, that's happening in their lives. And, Father, as saints, God, we ask for patience, God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We ask for patience, God, as you're working it out in their lives. We won't hold, Lord God, condemnation or guilt, Lord God, upon them as you're working their lives out. For it is by your Spirit that none comes. It's by your Spirit that no one can come. But by your Spirit, God. So, Father, today, as your Holy Spirit is working out in their lives, God, we give you the glory. And we give you the praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody shout amen. Come on, shout again amen. Come on, give God some glory if you would. Come on, clap your hands and give him some praise. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I'm messy, but he still loves me. Hallelujah. God, we praise. God, we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. If you're here for the first time, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you as we close out in prayer and worship. If you're standing in need of prayer this morning, our intercessors are here. We'll leave the altar open to pray with you if you're standing in need of prayer. But I would love to shake your hand and greet you if you're here for the first, second, or even third time. But for those of you who are standing in need of prayer, amen. The altar is open. God bless you and God keep you. Happy Father's Day again to all the fathers in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for your presence here, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for this day, Lord God, for all the fathers, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for loving us in the middle of our mess, Lord God. So we pray, Father, that you will continue to cover us and keep us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you.